Welcome to Rumiki Talks podcast. I'm your host, Konstantin Starodetsky. This is a space where I interview professionals from the entertainment industry and discuss popular film-related topics with my co-host and producing partner, Romana Dinevska. Our goal is to help and motivate aspiring filmmakers to get their films made. Enjoy! Welcome to another episode of the Rumiki Talks podcast, episode number 20. 2020, Danny. And today we're going to talk about film versus digital. Why even bother? You know, everyone shoots digital. Everyone has smartphones, point and shoot cameras, DSLR, and all other types of digital cameras. And they're cheap. You don't need to buy film. You don't need to develop film. True. Why even bother considering it? There are many reasons of why you should choose film but first let's look at the issue from a different point of view film versus digital what is the biggest difference to me the biggest difference is the actual process of making a movie we all tend to forget about the actual process what does it take to make a movie on film when you film on film (laughs) i mean when you shoot your movie on film it's magic that's true cinema in my opinion that's exactly how the movies should be made i think because especially the narrative films because that this is how i imagined filmmaking especially when i was a kid this is how i was imagining filmmaking everyone's on set there is roll sound roll camera and then there is this sound of the rolling film coming along and everyone is like scared oh my god the money is being wasted right now we better be focused we better make it in a fewer takes so this is it this is the process the process of making a movie on film because it seems like everyone who is on set on a film set where you film on film everyone's more focused and more appreciative of the art and respectful of the art because first of all You need to block everything. You need to move the camera, block the actors, see how everything works, rehearse a few times. Because you don't want to just, you know, shoot the rehearsal 300 300 times. Because if you're going to shoot it that many times, that's how much money you're going to spend. Because every take takes a lot of film. And film is expensive. If If you do it this way. If you do 300 takes, film is expensive. But if you plan everything and if you make everything in one, two shots, then film is not that expensive. And we get to this a little bit later because film is not just the thing that you actually shoot, especially for big productions. But what you do with it after, what type of money you spend for the post-production of the film. And I'm talking about like a regular post-production, not involving any VFX. We live in a digital world and we tend to forget that it used to take time to to make things, to develop film, to wait until the dailies come in and and then you watch them. Everything is instant. Everything is so instant right now that you film on your camera and it's already being streamed to your producer. You have some advanced cloud software. You can literally film on set and people in another city can watch what you film pretty much real time. But with film, you film it and then there's a process of waiting which is interesting and also scary because you don't know whether you you film it well or not. I mean, there is also some techniques that can help you to 
to know it with more or less certainty, but in general, it's kind of like magic. You you created something and then you give it natural time to kind of sit. So then you can also think a little bit about other things. And then when the film arrives, you can look at it with your fresh hat. I mean, film is is wonderful. It's just it's just magical. It's a chemical process, and there is something in it, something something interesting in it. And I highly recommend everyone to try shooting something on film. And today, Roman and I are going to talk more about film and what it is and how you can actually use it. How much does it cost approximately? So now, Rumki, tell us about your experience. Why would you ever shoot on film? I would absolutely love to have the opportunity to shoot on film. I've actually tried shooting on film in film school Uh, One of our first projects was on 16mm film. It was very short, you know, we had to do basically kind of like a one-minute type of project, and it was called mise-en-scene, so we really had to think about everything that goes in the frame, like blocking, production design, everything. So it really was a practice on how we can pre-plan everything because we only had so much film, Um, And like you said, I do agree, it trains you to be more mindful of the way you're going to use the uh, role because it really, really uh, helps you focus on uh, pre-planning, planning planning the shot, planning the blocking, planning everything that goes into it, like the production design, the actors, and like every, every little detail. Um, and I feel like it makes everyone much more focused because then, uh, the focus puller needs to really focus because you don't have, you know, a digital, um, screen to look if you're in focus or not. It's just, we're trusting your eye to, uh, for the shot to be in focus. Then like other people also that the people that change the film, you know, uh, you have to do it in a special bag and try not to expose it. So I think it it makes everyone be more focused on set. But that's not really the only reason I would love to shoot on film. I just think it looks wonderful. Honestly, I really like that classic look of films um, with sort of, with artifacts in the frame in the shot, and it doesn't look super perfect. It and every different type of film gives you a different type of look and style and it evokes different kind of emotions, you know, emotions of nostalgia or, um, you know, the, the colors just look different as well. I think that for filmmakers, it's a very wonderful thing to have the opportunity to actually go back to the basics I mean really like uh, the history of filmmaking and how it all started and it was like everything was shot on film before and now it's kind of sad that it's so rare that sometimes you know the more modern shows and the more uh, modern films that I watch they're almost too perfect and they're almost too too digital if that makes sense you know the they're in high resolution and it's 4k and it's almost like too perfect <laughs> yes like it's it's it feels kind of artificial to me i think that's the word that i'm looking for the line between what is real and what is like cg like it's like 
very kind of it's narrowing because of this kind of look of the movies. But there are filmmakers that are still, you know, shooting on film and they're utilizing film and then they're, you know, they're digitizing it afterwards and stuff, but they achieve a certain look that they want to achieve. I mean, there's like so many films that I love that were shot on film, like from the older movies, like Paris, Texas is one of them. Also, like I love the music of, musicals of Jacques Demy. I think those are like, they're all shot in film and they're so beautiful like the colors look very beautiful um just recently we watched breakfast at tiffany's that's another film that's shot on film to the point where you said seems like filmmakers are planning more when they shoot on film i do agree with that because to an extent i feel like when i watch older films um i think they're almost better directed and i wonder if that's the reason why because they were more creative with their blocking. If you look at Hitchcock films, and he has like a lot of shots where like the blocking is just so smart. They would be like in one take with dollies and it slowly moves you around the room and all of that. And I think it's because the the film format allowed them to do that where they want to like practice the shot practice the blocking ahead of time the whole movement that's going to happen with the camera and then just take that perfect take and now it seems like movies are more chopped chopped up because everyone's like okay we're gonna film this and we're gonna film this and we're gonna film this and we're just gonna cut it out and it's you know <laughs> so yeah, so I would definitely use the opportunity to shine a film. And I mean, there are, like I said, there's a lot of filmmakers that actually do it. And just to name a few recent movies that were shot on film, uh, Nope was shot on film, um, Black Swan was actually shot on film, La La Land was shot on film, Dune was also shot on film, and that had like a very elaborate process of processing the film afterwards and digitizing and Tarantino shot, uh, shoots most of his films on film, same as uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. He just did Licorice Pizza, and I think it really achieved what the look that he wanted because this film was set in back in the 70s, and it just made sense for it to be shot on film. If you have the opportunity, if you have the budget, if you have the money, and if you're an inspiring filmmaker, you should definitely try it at least a couple of times in your life <laughs> because it's like it's you know it's like a musician that has never listened to classical music you have to sometimes go to the basics you know it's the basics of things and really appreciate what it is like that's where it all started you know that's why we have filmmaking and that's why we make movies today well i agree i agree with the thing that you said about that it looks pretty clinical almost the the footage yeah. when you shoot it digital it's like very clean crystal clear you see every pore on the skin and things like that and right now there are a lot of cinematographers that actually you know trying to reduce that they buy lenses that are like old like loma lenses russian lenses and some some other lenses that have artifacts in the lens so now they're mm -hmm. using lenses to kind of create that film artifacts on the digital footage that, that's one way people <laughs> imitate film right now. But it's also about, you know, the storage. Because film is technically your hard drive. 
you shoot on it and it's your storage device in a sense if you if you don't over if you don't expose it to light then it's nothing <laughs> nothing is gonna come out out of it but we tend to forget that when you shoot on a cinema camera the files are very large yeah like extremely large like 4k 6k you know 8k 12k <laughs> the thing is that they're so large that you need so many drives to have all your movie uh, stored and drives are also pretty pricey it all adds up so you have to calculate for your project how much does it actually cost because then when with film it's if you don't want to go fancy with film it's pretty easy you you shoot it and then you develop it and that's pretty much done you don't do that much of a color correction because film looks beautiful just by, by default i mean you always can do it and right now you, even when you shoot film you still kind of edit it digitally so that's another thing to keep in mind and a lot of huge productions shoot on film, you know, like huge films, like the ones that you watch in theaters and IMAX. IMAX's film is like a large format. And a lot of people experimenting with film, like what they can do, what kind of developing process they can use and so on. But it's entirely different conversation. For example, let's say you want to make a film. So like, where do you start? Where do you even start? Well, first of all, you need a roll of film. And a roll of film, let's say 16 millimeter color is about... $300, about $300 per roll, 400 feet, and it gives you roughly 11 minutes of footage, which, is, which could be a short film if, you were, if, you, if you're economical with your footage, if you don't shoot 300 takes. If you shoot, uh, if you shoot in one take everything, yeah. you can actually make a short film with one roll of film. But then you need to pay about another $300 to actually develop and, uh, and uh, digitize the film. 300 per roll plus digitizing, it's about $600 that you need to shoot on your film roll and have it digitized so you can edit it in your favorite editing software like Adobe for me. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much it. But with digital, there's so many things. There's the drives that you need to do, then you need to transfer it, and then you need to color it more than, than the usual footage, especially if you shoot raw. It comes basically like naked. Then you need to like, first of all, color cor correct it so it looks normal, and then you need to color grade it so it looks whatever style that you choose for yourself, mm. whatever tone that you want for your movie. So there's all those things you need to keep in mind, the, the actual production and the post-production, how much money you spend there. Especially with students' films, it's funny. Everyone's just budgeting everything for production and then when they shoot everything, they forget that, oh my God, well, I actually need you know do the color, I need to do the sound, I need to do the music and, and all those things adds up and people don't think about them when, when they shoot. They think, oh, I'm going to edit everything myself. Then you edit everything yourself and then you get a film that looks like a student film. That's what happens pretty much 95% of the time. And I'm not saying that you cannot do everything yourself. You can. If you make a very super simple film that doesn't require a lot of editing and, and other post-production stuff, it is possible. But <laughs> filmmaking is a team sport. It's not for one person. It's a team yeah. sport. So find yourself a team. And I would say that there are student films that are actually really good and have won amazing awards. So it's not like all student films are bad. There's this like big stereotype about student films. It almost became an adjective. Um, it pretty much is an adjective. But it, uh, there are low budget films because you're a student and you're there to practice. And a lot of the times you end up doing a lot of things alone. But yeah, like I, I agree with what... Constantine said it's really important to think about your post-production ahead of time so it looks great and so you can wrap it up like you know because you might have the most wonderful footage and then you don't have enough 
money budgeted for post and then the sound sucks and that takes away from your beautiful footage because when people watch it they're like ah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's what happens and you have to be aware of that when you're choosing between shooting film and digital plus right now shooting film is kind of fun because it kind of came back a little bit because yeah. you know Kodak uh, Kodak uh, company became pretty popular on on social media and they promote it and then they motivate it sometimes they give you free roles or start some kind of events or even give you camera for free some some companies give you camera for free if you shoot on film plus another interesting thing to keep in mind that 95% of films that goes to festivals approximately I shot on on a digital camera, shot on a digital camera. 5% shot on film. So it means that you're going to have an interesting position because your film is shot on film. So when you tell the festival program that your film shot on film, they actually might be more interested in your film, even if overall quality might not be the best, but it's okay. And if they have like a film that is kind of similar to yours, but shot digitally and you're shot on film, uh, they might choose the movie that's shot on film. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing to keep in mind. But but story should come always, should always come first. So always think about your story first. That's the most important thing. And then um, the rest is like really like what you have budget for, you know. Um, but if you do have the opportunity to shoot on film, try it. I think it's actually great that film is coming back. You know, all of these things that we thought that are gonna die out. We like there was a, like a scare at one point that film is just going to be obsolete and no one's going to use it anymore and you won't be even able to find film roles. And I'm really glad that that proved to be a myth, sort of, because a lot of filmmakers are still choosing film over digital, are continuing to shoot on film. Also, I feel like even 35mm photography became super popular and uh, like I see a lot of young people from today are also doing it as a hobby you know taking photos on like a film camera uh, as I mean with many things even like um, record player <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like even record players are still popular it's like very interesting how things that we think are like gonna stay in the past like just come back you know and people are again interested in them. So I'm so happy that that hasn't happened with film. And I hope that we come to a point where it will get a little cheaper. Because back in the day, it was it was cheaper. That was the only way people were shooting stuff, you know, on film. Yeah, yeah. So I really hope that maybe at some point it will, like, it will become cheaper. But... I wonder if that's a re- the reason is because there's like not enough companies that do f- that produce film these days. Yeah, I mean there's not not there's Kodak and maybe Fuji, but like mostly Kodak. I, I'd say it's Kodak. Yeah, it's mostly for for the uh, for filming for film roles and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there's an interesting thing happens because generally film uh, is you know you need a lot of light to shoot on film, so. That's usually a problem sometimes. That's why a lot of films in the past were shot outside, outdoors, if you if you haven't noticed. Or they have to have like a huge lights that light up the room and things like that. Yeah. But right now I recently read an American cinematographer that they actually releasing a new roll of film, which is amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. It's like some new technology, not not technology, but like chemical technology, so to speak. They have like a high ASA or ISO film 
that allows you to shoot in a dark environment. Great. Yeah, so... See that, see, that makes me happy because I'm glad that someone saw it as a business opportunity and said, look, I'm not going to let film die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And exactly. we're going to make our own role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the way, if anyone wants to shoot uh, something on film, you have roles on film in your garage or you want to shoot something on film, contact us. We'll help you to shoot something on film. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Because we we'll love be... shooting on film. We we'll love film. We love, yeah. yes, we love shooting on film. I really appreciate it. Um, and I, I love all the movies that are shot on film when I watch them. If you want to hear more of these type of discussions that me and Constantine are doing weekly now, we are releasing a new episode every Friday. And we're enjoying it so, so much. And we love all of your support. But... It would really tremendously help us if you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's really important to get our message across, to spread it with more people, with more listeners, and really create the community we want. And this community is a community that appreciates film, appreciates the art of filmmaking, um, people that want to make movies. Even if you've never made a movie, we really hope that we can inspire you to even try, sit down, write a story and make a film um, and just like how to go about it. So it would be really, really amazing if you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love doing this for you. If we can share it with more people, it would be even better because it will give us many more ideas and for conversations and you'll be able to do a lot of more stuff for you. Another thing that you can do is share it with your friends and family. Feel free to share it with anyone who you think might be interested in these type of topics. If you know someone that wants to be a filmmaker but has never made a film before or just wants to start from somewhere, share it with them. And anyone can send us a question anytime or a suggestion for a new episode. Just email us at hello at roomiecate.com. We'll make sure to get back to you. Or if you prefer, you can always message us on Instagram. Our Instagram is at Studio, And we will be very quick to answer. We love hearing your suggestions. We love hearing your comments. So please make sure you share with your friends and family and you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue making these amazing episodes for you. Exactly, exactly. And with that, let's move to the final part of today's episode, which is Obsession of the Week. Arumki, what is your obsession? My obsession of the week is classical music, and specifically the music of Chopin. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I pronounced it correctly in English, but in Macedonia yeah. we would say Chopin. I've been listening a lot to his piano music and it just really sets me in the work mode. It really sets mm. me in a work mode and in a relaxed, peaceful mode and it helps me focus. So sometimes I'll play it while I'm at work. Or even like when I'm just trying to relax and it's sort of like a mini meditation. I'm not good at meditating. So that's my type of meditation. Just listening to some classical music. And, you know, even after ballet class, sometimes I'll play music in my car, classical music. And it just really, really helps me. 
you know, I appreciate it a lot. All right, Cookie. <laughs> cookie. <laughs> All right, Constantine. What is your obsession of the week? My obsession of the week is the movie Raymond and Ray on Apple TV+. Plus. I mean, I don't know. There's so many great films on Apple TV+, Plus these days. The, the movie directed by Rodrigo Garcia, and the movie is amazing. It's a story about two brothers. One is played by Ewan McGregor, and another is by Ethan Hawke. And their father is kind of a an a-hole, and you know they kind of hate him in the beginning, and they just have to now bury him. He left a minefield for them to discover. And each time they come across a certain mind, they realize something in their relationship with each other and with their father and how it develops. It's a very funny movie, but it's also, uh, but it's also a drama and it's interesting to watch. Sometimes there are sad moments, but I think it's very well written and the actors are amazing and I think it's well directed as well. So this movie might be nominated for an Oscar, who knows, but I really enjoyed the movie. I didn't expect that movie to be anything uh, extra, but when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, I just discovered I discovered something beautiful. So I highly recommend everyone to watch the movie Raymond and Ray. And this is the end of the episode number 20, Venny. Thank you everyone for tuning in and make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share with your friends and family. Exactly. How do you say 20 in Macedonian? Dvacet. And in Russian it's Dvacet. Dvacet. Dvacet, yeah. Episode number 20. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Rumike Talks Podcast. You can find the show notes at rumike.com. I'm your host, Konstantin Starodetsky. My producing partner, Rumena Dinevska. See ya.